Oh my gosh, we should make Rodney do the character voice of the week as Groot. <laughs> <laughs> Will he even understand that? Though? He won't know that all he needs to do is just say, I am Groot over and over. And so he'll he'll be like, I don't know what a tree sounds like. You sounded like you did a great Rodney impression. Oh, I've, there. I've got a good Rodney impression. I've got a good Rodney impression. <laughs> this is Down the Hall Podcast with your hosts, Chet Joe Bear. It's Black Hawk Down with aliens. What's the problem? Rodney Hart. Oh, definitely would have been Team Jake. Not the vampire. You don't root for a vampire. And if you're lucky, Lyndon Wells. I thought Chet was going to launch into his terrible British accent again. Beer Garden. Beer Garden was pretty spot <laughs> That was pretty good. No, he definitely got that. Hello and welcome in to another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. Last week we didn't have Rodney, but this week I'm joined by both Rodney and Lyndon. However, Rodney's committed to not speaking unless he has something good to say about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because here we are talking about the MCU yet again in advance of Infinity War. Lyndon and I are both about to go see it, and Rodney's committed to staying silent. Well, not staying silent, he said. Not or not necessarily saying something good, but saying something substantial or something of merit or something we want to listen to. Something deserving of being heard. Exactly. Okay. So Rodney, stay silent if you agree with that and we'll progress forward. So, uh, so Lyndon, we are, uh, we're, we're fanboying a little bit, you and I. So, uh, here we are talking about the MCU. What we have for you today is the first half of this episode is Lyndon and I are going to be talking about our top three and bottom three MCU movies are uh, three predictions of people we think may die in Infinity War. And then we're kind of going to fanboy a little bit after we see the movie. So there's going to be a first half of this episode and then a back half of this episode, which is going to be filled with spoilers. We're going to be talking about it as if we've assumed that everyone else who's listening has seen it with us. And we're just going to be talking about all the uh, the impact of the storyline and which characters made it, which characters didn't. And what it all means. Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And here we go. First of all, we just need to say as well, it's the the MCU. They now it's now referred to as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, it's been going on for ten years, and what it's achieved is fairly impressive. Uh, how all the films interlink, how it's built up film on film, how it's the first superhero films to like combine individual characters and bring them together. I mean, it's changed the Hollywood landscape. Like look at the, what the DC EU, the DC extended universe tried to do. They tried to like fast forward and copy the success of Marvel and every movie, every movie studio now wants their own franchise because of the success of the MCU, but no one else is doing it as well. And also to, to see how the, you know, the, the universe has expanded, but the, the fandom has expanded ever since Disney yeah. purchased it and all the money it's made. I mean, it's just shattering every record. Infinity War had yes. more pre-sale tickets than the last eight MCU movies combined. I mean, it's this crazy. thing just continues to get bigger and bigger. And we're excited. You told me today you're, you've never been more excited for a movie. I'm so excited for this film. So excited. And um, I just think what they've done with the tone of the MCU is so spot on. I mean, you couldn't have this many films, say, of the, the Dark Knight films. It's just too dark and miserable. And the DCEU has kind of found that. The tone is they make you care about the characters, but they have fun with it as well. And these are true comic book films and they're, they're just so much fun. And yeah, no, to, to your point, they've, they've done what they 
what they should do. They've said, look, if we take ourselves too seriously, then no one else is going to take us seriously at all. We need to have fun with it because it's, at the end of the day, superheroes. They're supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be eccentric. They're supposed to, you know, have some humor to them and and stretch our imaginations and not be overly dark and overly serious. And, and that's that's what they do. And they're saying, hey, look, you know, we're going to have fun with this and we know that the fans will too. So I'm right there with you, man. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. For this and, and they they do make you care about the characters. They're genuinely characters that didn't really maybe like in their first film, but now if they die in Infinity War, there will be big man tears coming down my cheeks. <laughs> We're gonna get to that. We will get to that. So why don't we begin first with uh, you know they weren't all hits, right? They weren't you have eighteen films like- leading up to this. They weren't all hits. Uh, so we have our bottom three. Why don't we start counting from three down to one? What did we say collectively, you and I? was our third least favorite of the MCU. So our third least favorite is one of the phase one films. And I think it's, again, credit to the MCU that I think they've got better with every phase. And our our third least favorite was Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, you know, it's I love Captain America is my favorite, just as a a hero. Same, same with me. But, uh, you know, what... Not because of this film. No, right. I mean, what they did with the next two Captain America films... Winter Soldier and Civil War, far different than this one. I mean, and to be fair, I think this was before Disney got involved. Um, so yeah. I think the Phase One movies weren't the strongest, despite the fact that I had, you know, I love Iron Man One. The rest of them yeah. weren't weren't the best. None of the films are actually bad, but they're just weaker compared to the rest. I would disagree with you. I think the next two, okay, okay. that we're going to discuss are terrible. Uh, so what was our our second? Well, bottom. you think it's terrible. You tell me. You know, I loved Iron Man 1. I did not love any of what happened next in the Iron Man trilogy. And I think some people really liked Iron Man 3. I know you did. But most people agree. Iron Man 2 was just the worst. It was just terrible. I mean, they had this this great you know, installment, Iron Man one kicked off the entire MCU, even though Captain America wasn't strong and, you know, and Thor was kind of mixed reviews, at least Iron Man, you got to figure was like their, their bread and butter, you know, it was going to be the, the thing that drove the MCU forward. And I just feel like there was just a huge drop off with Iron Man two. I thought it was, uh, I mean, I watched it. I will watch it again. I feel like it's, it's definitely worth it if you're going to watch all of the movies together, but I don't know. I, the, what, the, what do you think is the main flaw of the film? I, I don't know. I felt like – I don't even know if I can put my finger on it outside of the fact that I think it was way too much. I think what happened in Iron Man 2 and 3 is it became way more about Tony Stark and way less about Iron Man. Uh, and I don't know if that's always great. Yeah, I think, um, that's maybe true of Iron Man 3. I think Iron Man 2, it's, it's the same criticism can be launched at the second Avengers film, Age of Ultron. It wasn't what was so great about some of the MCU films is they're self-contained, but within uh, an expanded universe. Whereas Iron Man 2 was, wasn't was really a, that great a self-contained film. It was all about setting up other things, so introducing War Machine, introducing Black Widow, introducing the larger universe for future films, mm. just concentrating on making this film good. Yeah, I feel like it's just a huge flop after the success of, uh, of Iron Man 1. But uh, I, I, it's still to me infinitely more tolerable than our least favorite MCU film. Yeah, and our least favorite MCU film, which is even I have to admit, is probably a bad film, 
is Thor the Dark World. <laughs> Not probably. The beginning, the <laughs> middle, and the end is is awful. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's just... Um, you know, um, um, it, it does have a beginning, middle, and end. It is there. Barely. I, so, th- there was, so I remember like, you know, in the 90s, there were, you know, the MCU films are not the first set of superhero films. Like in the 90s, obviously, there was a run of like, you know, I, I like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies like that. I have a soft spot in my heart for those. And some of the X-Men movies are pretty good. But before that, there was, you know, like Daredevil with Ben Affleck and like the Fantastic Four movies. Uh, oh, this this isn't Fantastic Four bad. But I feel like I genuinely felt like, you know, Hellboy, all those that I didn't like. I feel like Thor 2 set us back 10 years in I, terms I, of in terms of superhero movies. It, it had all the right elements. and I think you are right there. I mean, as we've said a couple of times, we both enjoy the, the first Thor film. And as we've said in the podcast before, Thor Ragnarok is a great film. It's fantastic. And, and this is just a massive misstep. I mean, this they've got Loki, who's the best villain to date in probably the MCU. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is so much fun, but they just have, again, generic evil elf guy. I think it's Christopher Eccleston and his backstory, no one cares. Natalie Portman's not up to much. And the worst thing it does is completely misrepresent the London Underground, the tube. <laughs> and he, he gets from Greenwich. from He goes from... Uh, <laughs> From Charing Cross to Greenwich in three stops, which is impossible. And that, that alone makes it a terrible film. Oh, man. Not that I can agree with you, but I, I, I want to just, to, just to pile on this terrible Let's, excuse of a film. <laughs> Let's switch to the positives, though, because yeah. overall, we are both very positive. Yeah, We're fanboys. Yeah, yeah. We're fanboys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a bottom three and there's a top three, but I think that the rest of the films are closer to the top three than the bottom three. Let's just check if Rodney has anything to say about the, the bottom three. Rodney, what do you think? Oh, well, hey, to his credit, he uh, he's holding to his word. If he doesn't have anything substantial okay. to say, he's not going to... And he's not going to say it, but I know he'll, he'll have a lot to say about his favorite MCU oh, films. Oh, he'll have... Well, that's the thing is I think he has so many favorite MCU films that, you know, I it, it he might be the, the biggest uh, closet fan of the MCU. And this, <laughs> this show that he puts on, like this like act he puts on for our listeners, I appreciate. There's entertainment value, but... I mean, for a man who has as many movie posters in his room as he does of all of these actors and mostly just a lot of Chris Hemsworth shirtless, but, uh, you know, for, for a man who has the, that many, I, it's just, it's, I marvel at his self-control right now to not say anything. So Rodney, I tip the cap to you. Um, and we're about to get into our favorites. So Rodney, if you have anything to say it, you know, by all means do so. But Lyndon, what did we say was our, uh, our third favorite? Uh, so our, our third favorite is it's not only a great film but it's cinematic history it's the first avengers film from 2012 oh, man i had and so much fun with this one this was so awesome great and uh, actually the first time i saw this film was in uganda when i was uh, traveling on my medical degree and i bloody loved it bloody even though loved uh, it. <laughs> bloody loved it even though to this day it still annoyed me they there's a silly scene at the beginning where black widow's like talking to this guy in Russian. And for some reason, the cinema in Uganda didn't have any subtitles. So I had no idea what was going on <laughs> to that scene. But I, I still remember that. But I still love this film. And I think a lot of this praise for this film comes from the fact it did it first. Yeah. I mean, looking how far the MCU has come now, it seems logical. But at the time, everyone thought Marvel was crazy to have individual superhero films that combine into this ultimate showdown. And the second half of the film is just a big 
uh, extended action sequence in New York, but what a sequence it is. Oh, it's the best. And, and the script is just glorious fun. It's so good. I mean, so if, if like, if Iron Man 1 had come out and then the very next film was Infinity War, it would be over ambitious. No one would have a tolerance or a threshold for how many, you know, characters are going to be in this movie all at once. Marvel it's like going from to, Batman v Superman to Justice League. Exactly. Exactly. That's what DC didn't understand because what Marvel did is they built up to this. And even at the time, Avengers 1 felt pretty ambitious to have that many characters yeah. in one movie. We were like, how are they going to do it? How are they going to have the screen time? But they had given us enough of each character for us to understand who they are and the dynamic they play. And so when they were together, it felt natural. Exactly. And that's just a percentage exactly. of what obviously we're going to now see in Infinity War. Oh, yeah. And that- Avengers compared to Infinity War, the com- the combination Avengers seems tiny now. It seems, it seems, yeah, it seems minuscule. So why don't you tell us what comes in at a narrow number two in our favorite MCU film? Yeah, you say narrow because we uh, we both agreed on our top two, and it's just a matter of ordering them, I guess, right? And so um, this one is Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, but I will say it has the best soundtrack. Ah, oh. Definitely. It was one of the most, fun, probably the most fun Marvel movie that came out, right? And uh, I mean, yeah, humor, adventure, and it expanded the audience's imagination for what was going on out in different parts of the galaxy, uh, which then opened up storylines for later in the MCU. I mean, it accomplished so much. A lot of fun. Chris Pratt is perfect as Star-Lord. And, uh, and obviously, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was maybe just as great if not better so i you think know. you you're, you're spot on uh, everyone called this a creative risk but and many projected it to be marvel's first flop but it wasn't at all i mean chris pratt wasn't a star before this film this film made him a star and this film is basically oceans 11 is in space it's a <laughs> great galactic heist and i think any film that makes you emotional about a talking tree sacrificing himself for a talking raccoon and his friends is doing something very right. What can I say apart from we are Groot? <laughs> well, I mean, the only last thing I'll say, we I know we want to move on, but uh, one of the things that gets underappreciated is that when this all started, the MCU, that is, all the household superhero names were already bought off by Sony yeah. and Fox and Universal Studios. Marvel had, the Disney Marvel had to then basically use the B-list characters. Exactly. Iron Man was not a household name. Uh, Black Widow was not a household name. Vision. All, you know, really, the list goes on. Maybe outside of Captain America, and then obviously when they brought in Hulk, like outside of those two, maybe. The rest of them are Guardians of the Galaxy. They're, you know, Thor, which most people didn't realize was a comic book character and thought was just the Norse god. Like, you know, and to see what Marvel's done with what other studios thought were B or C-list characters is what now has put them in a position of power where they are now purchasing the rights to all of the A-list characters and who knows where that's going to go next. So you have to uh, think for a, a generation of like film fans, comic fans, this is the first generation that the Avengers is bigger than Justice League. You think about the names in mm. Justice League, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Right. Everybody's heard of these, The Flash. Now the Avengers are more popular than the Justice League sure. and that's how what what this film has done to popular culture. Absolutely. So Transitioning now, what is, uh, Lennon, our favorite collective MCU movie? It's our favorite MCU. And I know Roddo loves this one as well. Yeah, wait, uh, should we let he's him? Just, he's just too excited to talk, I think. Yeah, he definitely, I'm looking just... at him right now. I, what he's doing with his hands over his mouth, he's shaking. I, it's like, it's it's cute. It's adorable. But, I, you know, his face is turning bright red. 
I wonder what you're going to say there. What's he doing with his hands? But yeah, well, getting overexcited. But yeah. we'll move on. <laughs> so at number one, we have the amazing Captain America Civil War. And I just think one scene alone represents the whole MCU. And it's so good. And it's the airport scene. Mm-hmm. And what a scene. It's, it is spectacular. For me, this is the film that Avengers Age of Ultron should have been. Oh, Age of Ultron was a disappointment, but... They just had so many. This film, I think, is set up Infinity Walks. It allowed the directors, the Russo brothers, to play with so many characters that have been trusted with the the culmination of ten years of these films in Infinity War. It's such a good film. And what this film, another thing, the thing this film does so well is introduce characters. Black Panther has mm-hmm. a, a character's not been seen before. He has the most interesting arc in this film. Yeah, it's so good. And, and they introduce. A character that everyone thought we were bored of. We'd seen Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire. We'd seen Andy Gofford. Yeah, Spider-Man is introduced so well, so originally, and so much fun that it's so good. And the film has such a big cast, has massive tonal shifts. Yeah. The, 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 the Ant-Man revelation. Yeah. Captain America's biceps. It's got everything. It's got <laughs> Vision's jumper. What is not to enjoy in this film? Yeah. 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 Rodney, what do you think, man? Oh, geez. Oh, he just passed out. He passed out. Oh, he I can understand that. I, I passed out the first time I saw this. Oh one. man. I, what, what's my role here? Do I have to spray some water on his face? Or what? Just, just put him in the recovery position. We'll come back to him in a bit. Okay. Update on and that later. It's my medical advice. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of, uh, of that, of falling over, uh, we're going to get into what we think are, uh, the three most likely people, most likely characters, I should say to be killed in infinity war. This is one that, uh, this movie, basically leads us to believe several of our favorite characters will be killed off. Uh, you know, that the, you saw the letter that was released by Marvel saying Thanos demands your silence. Once you see this film, do not spoil it on social media. We going into this have no clue, you know, comic book fans or non-comic book fans alike have no idea who might be killed off, but uh, I have my predictions. Lyndon, it sounds like you might have yours. We both said we would give three, uh, I don't know how you want to do this. You want to just read off your top three, and I'll give mine. Or should we do? Should we just do one each should- and see if we've got the same ones? We'll go alternate, back and forth, back and forth, kind of thing. Yeah, okay. back and forth. Yeah. So what's uh, who's your like? Who's one of the ones you think might be killed off? So I- I'll start with what a possible one. So I'm not going to start with the most emotional one. The um, my possible one, I think, is Loki. I think the way it's been set up at the end of Thor Ragnarok, he's got the Tesseract. I think it may start. I think it may happen fairly early in the film. I think Thanos may take the Tesseract off him and then punish him for his past failings. Hmm. That's actually a really good one because I think that Loki's become like a lovable anti-hero. Um, I think this is a, a sneaky one. Um, Colorado Rob mentioned it. And the more I thought about it, the more I think it could be true. It may not be as significant as Loki, but Pepper Potts. Uh, Pepper Potts because mm. she is casted in this film. Uh, and she hasn't been in every, you know, at many, you know, she was in yeah. Avengers one and she's in all the Iron Man films, but for her to be in this film, you got to wonder, is she in it to die? Especially because one of the, the story arcs we're seeing is, uh, Tony Stark more than most is reflecting upon like the impact of the Avengers and if it's even good. And now if one of the things that happens as a result of all of this kind of coming together is someone that he loves dying, that could be an interesting aspect to his story. We shall see. Uh, next one. And maybe not a, a big one either. 
is a kind of semi-character of the Guardians of the Galaxy, played by Karen Gillan, which I'm going to go with uh, uh, Nebula. Yeah, I can see that. I can see she's her. one of yeah, she's one of the daughters of Thanos, and I think she started off as a villain in Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think kind of turned a little bit in the Guardians of the Galaxy too. But I think she will have a big part to play in Infinity War. Uh, I'm going to go with our first probably big, big one. Um, I think Captain America dies. Oh, I was, yeah, I was saving that for my last one because it's too emotional. I, I, I think you're probably right. And if he does die, this is the one our character I'll be bar- crying big man tears for. I, I'm not sure I can handle it. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure. And right. my, my other big prediction is I, because we kind of know Infinity War is going to be split into two, there's going to be a follow-up Avengers film. I think we will find the ending to this film maybe a little abrupt abrupt and maybe a, yeah maybe a little abrupt maybe a little bit of a cliffhanger oh i definitely think a, i definitely think we're having a cliffhanger i definitely think that i think it's going to be it, someone was texting me today they, they were predicting it's going to be the most uh, highest grossing film of all time uh i can see that but i also think it's going to be a highly talked about film Meaning that I think it's going to end in yeah. a way where there's going to be so much discussion around what just happened. And it's going so to they even be... said they couldn't release the title of the next Avengers film, so it would be a spoiler. Oh, what is it? This uh, film. It, it's probably, yeah, because it's called The Funeral of Captain America, Avengers 4. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just two hours of a funeral. Oh, man, that joke was so funny. It just woke Rodney up. He just started laughing. Oh, down oh he's, he's back. Yeah. He's, uh, all right, Rodney, take it slow, mate. Back get again. up slowly. Yeah, good old yeah. Rod. So by the time you hear our voices again, which will probably be in about 30 seconds. Much time will have passed. Linda and I will have already seen this movie and we'll be giving you our and thoughts. Rodney, he will have passed out again from how oh, much he's enjoyed Rodney's, Rodney's going to go see it right now. Rodney's going to go yeah. see it right now. Uh, so we'll give you our thoughts. It will be filled with spoilers, but this won't release until the Friday following the weekend release of the Avengers. So yeah, I'm assuming most people will have seen it by then. Most people who care about that, care about spoilers, will have probably seen it by then. So, Hopefully, as this mo- as this episode has been released, we're all joining this this discussion, having seen the film. If you haven't seen it yet, though, this is where you jump off. I cannot stress that enough. Get out of here. Don't come back if you haven't seen it. Afterwards, join us in our next part of this episode where we will be discussing all the aspects of the highly anticipated Infinity War. Oh, snap! Oh, snap! Oh, snap! Oh, snap! Oh man, oh man, oh man, Lyndon! Did you know that the uh, that a third of the population supposedly cannot snap their fingers? Are you one of them? <laughs> I can, I definitely can. But I'm a th- okay. A third of the population—I don't even know how they get that statistic. Uh, but it's still a if lot. Only Thanos was one of them. <laughs> I was gonna say it's a lot less than uh, than half the population. Um, oh. <laughs> Got wiped away with one snap. Freaking Thanos. So, we're, we're, we're coming to this cold. We haven't spoken to each other. Nope. We haven't got on our initial reactions. Right. How did you feel the moment that film ended? Well, I, I'll tell you, I've never left the theater with a movie like this. You know, what's supposed to be like a fun action adventure movie. I've never left a theater with uh in, in a group of so 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 many silent people so many like yeah. mourning silent people just, i felt exhausted after it yeah. it's um 
proper edge of your seat ride so much happens mm-hmm. there's so many fun bits as well there's still plenty of humor in it but at the end it's just emotionally the action everything about it you feel exhausted but sure. in a really good way Definitely. What we'll do is, uh, you know, Lyndon said we, we, he and I haven't talked at all, really. I mean, we, we pretty much talk just about every day, um, but have stayed away from conversation for the most part because we're saving it for, uh, for this tonight. So, um, hopefully if you're listening to this, you, uh, you've watched it as well and, uh, you join in on this conversation. We're, we're going to kind of talk through, you know, maybe our, each of our three biggest takeaways from Infinity War. And, and also, uh, Lyndon has three major questions that we're going to leave off with going into, uh, going into the future of the MCU. So why don't we just get right to it, man? What, what was one of your initial major takeaways from, from this? Yeah, before we start, before we start that, let's just give me, describe the film to you, to me in one word. Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, um, you know, I feel like this is a cop out, but it it might be my, my new definition for the word epic. Yeah. Great word. I was just going to say amazing. (laughs) I was amazed. And with this, I know you've only at this point only seen it once but are you already thinking this is easily a top five, top three Marvel films? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I still, the first Avengers uh, probably holds a, a, a different place in my heart because I, I, it was so much anticipation for that. It was the first that we'd seen of this sort of combination of heroes on one screen. And I thought that was just awesome and how it's set up for future stuff. And um, so I think I, if I had to choose based on where it is in my heart, I think the first Avengers is still my favorite, but uh, this was unbelievable. What they're able to pull off, the amount of screen time that they they shared with you know all these different heroes and, and villains, introducing new villains um, who were great and compelling somehow, and and wow, like the entire thing felt like they gave they gave true justice to each of the characters, um, and really made Thanos a very believable villain with a with a purpose. And you know, I think yeah, in certain moments you almost sided with him. Well, yeah, I think you've walked into what I was going to say is my biggest takeaway. I think Marvel have finally solved what their often their biggest criticism is, is their villain problem. Mm. Because this is, it's not, I don't think it's unfair to call it not an Avengers movie, but this is Thanos movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. He is the centre character. And like you, you do, he is, um, he, he does have some pathos to him and you're almost, almost empathetic with him at points. Yeah. I mean, he's... Obviously, he's completely mad, but they he's a fully rounded character and there is a lot of pathos to him and he makes for a much more interesting villain. And just the how powerful he is. They introduce that right in, from the off in the film. Like he, he makes the Hulk look like nothing, just deals with him without thinking about it. And in fact, it's the only time we see the Hulk in the film. Thanos just puts him down. Uh, and the, the way they introduce him is he's a compelling character. And this is this is his film. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I I think that the the fact that they gave motive to what he's trying to do, he's not just yeah. You know, you know I don't know how much how much uh, of the comics you have have read, Lyndon. I don't know where you fall in that. Um, but in the comics, Thanos is motivated entirely differently. He's obsessed with death, and in in the comics, death is personified as a woman, and Thanos is in love with her, wants to impress her, wants to woo her. And so he destroys half the universe 
uh, and does plenty of other things. Um, but so he's kind of like mindless and selfishly motivated where in this, I feel is far more interesting. He has in his mind, the, uh, what's best for the universe in, in his heart. And, uh, and I think, yeah. And the, one of the centerpieces of the film is his relationship with Gamora. And I didn't expect uh, a scene between um, Thanos and Gamora to be one of the most emotional scenes of the film. Yes. When, yeah. When, when he does have, he does cry and he does have to sacrifice Gamora. I did. Yeah, that was tough. That was a tough moment. It yeah. got a bit dusty in the old cinema. <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to get to, of course, the, uh, the moment everyone wants to talk about, which is yeah. the ending. We'll get to that. Um, we're going to do our best to save that towards the back half of this conversation, but, um, certainly want to discuss different takeaways, uh, from this film. There was so much in it. Uh, I do need to see it a few more times. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, what else, what else comes to mind for you, Lyndon? So I've said my first big one, which was the characterization of Thanos was very impressive. So give me your, give me one of your takeaways. Yeah. I think, you know, speaking of setting a tone early, um, I love how the ending of Ragnarok sets up for the opening scene of this. Um, and even killing Loki, which I think we, we had predicted or at some level, we did. Um, killing Loki, I thought was kind of perfect because, Loki was probably the only villain before Thanos that people really had gravitated towards and had become somewhat of an anti-hero to where he kind of had his own fan base. And so, yeah. and Tom Hilson's, you know, he's great, you know? And so him, him kind of trying to be courageous, I thought brought a really nice arc to his character and, yeah. uh, you know, him being killed off, you know, put the emotional, put, put, put us in the in the, the the perfect emotional place for what ended up happening in the rest of the film. Yeah. And um if if follows the line Thanos as soon as he killed him says no redemption this time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or no re- no resurrection this no time. No resurrection this time, yeah. 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 Which it says a lot. And uh, I think the film over I don't know uh, the rating classification for America but over here we call it a 12A. So we recommend like the the censorship is no one under 12. And I think there is some tough bits are under 12 there. Like the way, the way the film's open, Loki's killed in quite a nasty way. Yeah. Yeah, no, he is. Um, it's it, over here. PG 13. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So same, same idea. Yeah. No, I know yeah. it's definitely some, uh, heavy moments for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think Loki's death was, uh, my initial takeaway. Cool. Um, one of my next takeaways, I think, is how it balanced the tone of, obviously, we've already kind of gone into it, the big emotional heft of the film, but there are so many funny bits as well, mm-hmm. and they really balanced the tone. And, like, some some of me and my friends have just been texting each other lines to the film, which which has been a lot of fun. I think one of my favourites was, uh, this is my friend Tree, and I am Groot, I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good that was pretty that good. was brilliant and just the whole the whole showdown where uh star lord starts putting on a thor's voice why are you <laughs> mocking me what this uh, is my voice <laughs> and um a lot, a lot of the funny moments again i think james gunn wrote all the director of guardians of the galaxy wrote all the or of the script for the guardians within this avengers film and um uh, when Mantis says we're here to kick names and take ass, <laughs> just little, little things. And Spider-Man, when he's introduced Doctor Strange, he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm Peter. Peter. Like, I'm Doctor. I'm Doctor Strange." It's like, "Oh, we're using our made-up names." Well, yeah. I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> and it's just 
so many bits. My favorite. And I just yeah, go. On. My favorite comedy moment was uh, was Drax when he, yeah. <laughs> Gamora and Star Lord are kind of having that that moment, that and tender you, moment. Yeah. yeah, and you hear him snacking Rodney style, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and he goes like, "How long have you been standing there?" An hour. <laughs> like we, I, I've, I've got, I've, what did you say? I've gained the skills of staying incredibly still so that I am imperceptible to the eye. Yeah. They're, they're like, we can see you. He's like, I'm sure I'm invisible. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, so gosh. good. I love that. Yeah. And what does he say? Um, Star Lord again says the, the the dynamic between Peter Quill and Tony Stark is brilliant. What does he say? Remember the stupid half of me that is stupid is a hundred percent of you. Yeah, that's right. I'm human. I'm half human, so that means the 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 stupid half of me is a hundred percent you. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I thought I thought there was a lot like you say, you know, perfect perfect description of it you know there's good humor throughout definitely reminiscent of like ragnarok and guardians of the galaxy so i'm glad that even in the most serious and dramatic marvel movie to date they still found a way to make it that way yeah and yeah thor is yeah they found definitely took on that um humor they found in thor ragnarok to thor's character Mm. Mm -hmm. and he's what is it when the peter dinklage character when he has to keep open for, for the sun to mold to make the axe and he's like it's going to kill you and he's like, only if I die. And he's like, that's what killing you means. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, speaking of, of that, like I thought one of my, I guess my other takeaway would be how how they broke up the storyline to have three or four things happening at once, each of which were very yeah. interesting. But I think what I liked the most was not just the different storylines happening at once, but the cast of characters in each storyline. It was really interesting group ups. Uh, you know, Thor with... Um, Groot and Rocket, and then uh, you know even Iron Man and and and, uh, and Doctor Strange, the the Sherlock homies. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're so proud of that. I'm honey. so proud of it. You know, I, I made the I made the point to tweet it from down the hall this time rather than mine because last time I had oh, a funny well tweet movie related, it it went viral and I didn't use it from down the halls and I I felt like that was a mistake. But anyway, yeah, the Sherlock homies with uh with Spider Man and the Guardians, you know, the other Guardians. I thought just the team ups were really interesting. You know, obviously yeah. we look forward to seeing all the heroes together. There was never really one true moment of that, but um, the the groups of them were were extremely interesting. Yeah, I think one of my other takeaways is what I call the um, there's plenty of like goosebump moments where the music really swells and it gets all very dramatic. Um, when you first see Cap when he comes back and you have got the train, he just appears. That's a proper goosebump moment. And when um, love that, yeah, when Thor arrives at Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes down and he goes bring me Thanos that's brilliant and Black Panther is I, I prefer Black Panther when he in Civil War and in this film he's such an interesting character when he's not the lead and he's so much fun and when he's um, preparing for battle and he shouts Wakanda forever that's another big goosebump moment yeah that was what made that one trailer extremely uh, extremely awesome was the, the Wakanda like war chants that yeah was, that was really cool I think the whole Battle of Wakanda, like you said, the word epic, it's, um, well, the, I waited a couple of days till after release to see it at the IMAX and that, that Battle of Wakanda is, 
really epic and probably the best spectacle I've ever seen in the cinema. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I think there's no overstating it either. Even even how, um, I mean, one of the things that I uh, take away from me was, you know, Marvel had had this villain problem and that was introducing a villain trying to give some sort of intrigue to them and then killing them off. You know, well, even if even in yeah. Guardians 2, Star-Lord's, Star-Lord's father, I thought was pretty interesting villain. Um, but I mean, they still didn't really have a lot of, I don't know, gravitas, you know, and, and maybe Killmonger and Black Panther I thought was pretty interesting. But really, outside of Loki, Thanos was the first true, you know, truly, uh, how do I want to say this, truly developed villain to where we yeah. really were, cared about his motivations and, and were interested in what he was doing. Uh, one villain that I don't know if we if any of us truly expected to see, although I don't know if I said it to you, Lyndon, but I was talking to Colorado Rob and we were just kind of talking through the progression of the MCU. And we we're saying, man, it kind of really dropped the ball, not really bringing, uh, you know, Red Skull along at all after the first Captain America movie, but that yeah. they left, they left his, you know, they left his ending pretty ambiguous where, you know, we didn't know quite what happened to him and he just kind of got sucked into the universe and we didn't know where in time or in space he was. And that reveal where he shows up in this, I thought was a great callback. And he's a great, yeah, he's a a nice great character. Callback. Did you notice anything about him? Cause it took me that the callback did take me out a little bit. Did you notice anything about him? I mean, I know he wasn't played by the same actor. Yeah. Cause it's the, the original actor was Hugo Weaving. He's obviously Weaving. the bad guy, right? The bad guy. He's a, um, Mr. Smith and the Matrix trilogy. Mm-hmm. He's got a really distinct voice. So when they revealed it was, because he didn't reveal him straight away, he's just this black figure, isn't he? When they revealed it was Red Skull, it was only because I'm too invested in the films and I paid too much attention, maybe. I was a little bit taken out. I was like, oh, that's not his voice. Right, right. But I still enjoyed the reveal. Right. I, I think did... the guy doing it now is Ross Marquand, who's from Walking Dead. From The Walking Dead. And yeah. uh, as a side note, look up Ross Marquand micro impressions on youtube they're hysterical uh okay almost as good as rodney's voice of the week well it can't be that good pretty close um so yeah i the red skull i he's a I, he's a villain that i thought has a lot more to him in terms of potential storylines and i always thought marvel had made a mistake not you know not using him in the mcu moving forward but um maybe we see him come back in other ways so uh, following uh, Avengers Infinity War, I will be releasing a on top10films.co.uk uh, the top 10 questions, so very spoiler-filled, the top 10 questions we have after watching Infinity War. I think we'll discuss some of the main ones here now. And I think the main one, everybody's kind of got watching it. Uh, I don't know about you, Chet, we'll see, is why didn't Doctor Strange tell anyone, everyone else the plan? He's clearly got something going on. He sat there and seen through like 40 million, didn't he say, or something? Yeah, uh, 14 million uh, different lo- options of how things could end. Yeah, how this conflict plays out. And then when, or, and again, another big emotional moment, I thought it might have been the end of Iron Man when um, uh, Thanos does stab him. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange seems to give up the time stone a bit too willingly. Mm-hmm. And yep. he's seen it, and maybe he has to see Thanos has to click his fingers, and this has to happen yep. for a way for the Avengers to win. But the fact that after he's clicked his fingers, Doctor Strange is one of the people that disappears. You think, oh, I hope he's told someone his plan, so otherwise they're in trouble. Right. Well, I mean, well, first of all, I have to say, everyone should be like Doctor Strange in that he's seen the ending of Infinity War fourteen million times and didn't give a spoiler. <laughs> 
<laughs> I saw that someone tweeted that, and I thought, as as that is, what a time to be alive, right? The, the, uh, have you seen the a lot of the tweets again. as well? Uh, there's a lot of tweets. Uh, hashtag not really a spoiler. So the bit where they just show pictures of people have been tweeting just pictures of bubbles. So like the <laughs> yeah. bit where uh, yeah. Starlord shoots Gamora yeah. and just turns to bubbles. I'm yeah. enjoying quite a few of those tweets. Those as well. are funny. Well, I mean, your your question, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm so concerned about that. I, I, I To be honest, I thought it was pretty clear what, what they were trying to communicate there. Um, I feel like it's very clear he has seen the end of this and there was only one way that this could all end and they win. And for whatever reason, it, Part of that progress is Thanos getting his way, at least initially, snapping his fingers and, you know, the results that came from that. Um, and even Doctor Strange fading into, you know, into nothingness. I don't think that he needed, I don't think he was the one who had to have a plan. I don't think he came away from saying like, okay, I have one plan. I think it's, I have seen the one eventuality, the one reality where we win. And I've seen what has to happen in what order for that to, you know, go down. And I'm going to do my part. And part, maybe, maybe his part was like, I need certain characters to still not know. And so they need to act on their own will and do certain things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so okay. butterfly yeah. effect, domino effect. So I think he, he's, he, his, I think he is abiding by the, the reality he saw where the Avengers win. Yeah. It's, it's just tough when the, he, obviously Doc Strange puts a series of events into motion where half the universe is wiped out mm-hmm. and didn't really tell anyone how to fix it. So he's like, mm-hmm. But yeah, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. But I suppose that leads on to maybe the big ending. We haven't really discussed that yeah. much yet. Where, where it's unexpected. So the second time I saw it, I saw it with someone who's not as invested in the MCU as me, hasn't seen all the films. And it's worth mentioning, he, he still enjoyed the film a lot. And it does work as a standalone film. But he, he said he didn't think he would get to the point where he snapped his fingers. And when he does, there's an eerie silence in the cinema. Oh, yeah, I, that's... Well, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, I feel like if if someone hasn't seen the comics now, you know, I, I understand that that the, Mar- the Marvel movies have made no attempts to abide completely by the comics. But if you're a comic book reader, or you're a comic book enthusiast, or at least appreciate the stories. I consider myself just someone who probably at least has appreciation for the stories, not having read every single comic out there, not really that into it, but really being a fan of the stories that come from the comics. I knew that at one point, one of the major events in, in Marvel history is Thanos snapping his fingers. And so I do know that in the MCU, they have pulled massive moments from the Marvel comics, even if they don't go page by page, they take moments. And so I I expected that to happen, but I feel like most moviegoers were completely caught off guard by that because yeah, certainly I there was, was yeah. foreshadowing, right? You know, like, okay, he, we know he, he's going to try to snap his finger. We can't let him do that. And, you know, I think what we know from these types of movies is that the heroes prevail. So, you know, we're going to, there's going to be a dramatic moment where Thor saves the day with the hammer that's built to kill Thanos and he won't have time to snap his fingers and we'll get him. And, but when he snaps his fingers, I feel like that goes against everything that we've come to know about how these movies typically go. Yeah. And it was just, there's an eerie, it's kind of an eerie silence as it, we see some beloved characters go by one by one. I think the first one is, is Bucky, isn't it? And Steve Rogers is devastated. Poor, um, uh, war machine. Uh, Rhodey is looking for Sam Wilson. He disappears without anyone really knowing he's disappeared. That's devastating. 
Black Panther goes, and you, you don't, don't expect that one. I thought that no, was a big I didn't one. expect that. I actually think I said something out loud when that was happening. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. And the fact that Black Panther and Spider Man gone makes me think there's going to be some reversal of that in the next yeah, Avengers Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> but, but, but obviously, and then the Guardians go one by one on Titan, which is horrible. But obviously, the big one, mm. uh, I did not see that mm-hmm. big emotional moment when Spider Man went. Yep. And he, even in that moment when he gets that he gets that hug with Tony, doesn't he? And he yep. and the Tom Holland's acting is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, "I don't want to go, sir." Mm-hmm. Yep. He calls him sir in that moment. It's and the, the, the whole cinema was both times was deadly quiet. It's a big emotional moment, and oh, a big yeah. emo- a big epic superhero film. I did not feel even if he snapped like when he snapped his fingers, I was like, "Oh, this is awful." But I didn't expect it to reach that height of emotion. Yeah. Definitely, uh, it was. It's a, it's a tough watch. It's a tough watch. So is that the so the first question is why didn't Doctor Strange convey his plan? Second question is what how they're going to handle the deaths? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think so. So I, I I don't know if you noticed, but I feel it seems like the original Avengers lineup are all still there. Yeah, well, that's that's my one point. So I did see something yeah. today. Marvel came out and said that the deaths in Infinity War are permanent. Although I just don't believe it because nah. I don't think I don't think it's any coincidence that. The original lineup, you know, even even I'm more long term, I'm more worried for the original lineup. Yeah, oh, exactly. It, it, no, you're you're exactly saying what I'm thinking. So the original lineup, yeah. including what I would consider Black Panther. I'm sorry, not Black Panther, including uh, Black Widow and, um, yeah. and and Rhodey, who I think were you know parts of the story from from Iron Man two, right? So this is yeah. I consider them exactly. part of the original Phase one c- crew. Um, and it's no coincidence to me that there's a stark line driven, no pun intended. There's a, a line driven between the new crew of characters and the old crew of characters. And we know exactly. that Marvel has been building to be able to continue to make films after uh, the Thanos storyline has ended. And they want yeah. to center their films on Black Panther and Spider-Man and Ant-Man and Doctor Strange, et cetera, et cetera. So the fact that those are the ones who are killed off and the guardians, uh, obviously they want to keep moving forward with. Um, and the ones who were not killed off are the old actors who have basically come out and said, they're not going beyond six movies. You know, they're done after yeah. these movies to me, it, it, it puts the writing on the wall that I think in the process of bringing the other heroes back from death, which I expect to happen somehow, I think that the original cast of characters are going to lose their lives. I, I agree. I think there's going to be some, kind of time travel involved that may involve going back to the uh, the new york battle of the first avengers film i just have a feeling that they're, they're going back to that at some point wow uh, why is that um just because on, on twitter and like because obviously they've already uh shot there the next film and there's just been a couple of shots where they're all in their old costumes from the original avengers film and standing in that that famous like circle sequence oh my god uh so uh, it's maybe might not happen, but I, I feel there's going to be some time travel involving that. Hmm. And interestingly, regarding the Guardians, um, I think pe- characters like the Black Panther and Spider Man, they're definitely coming back. They're definitely. It's, it seems a bit, maybe a bit uh, boring, but we know we're going to. They're going to get sequels to their films, so I think they're coming back. But um, interestingly, Rocket was the only Guardian left. Yeah. Wasn't he? And I, I'm worried that not all the Guardians are coming back. Um, I think that I think that. Well, I don't think Gamora is because she was killed separately. No. Um, I think I don't think Vision's coming back. He was killed separately too. 
Yeah, and Loki, I think, is gone. Yeah. But I do think that you know, if we're in the prediction business, I think that I think that all of them are coming back. I really do, um, because I, think- I, I just think because the Guardians, I, I don't really read the comics that much, but I do some reading around it, and I know the Guardians in the, uh, the comics, their lineup kind of changes quite a lot. It does, and yep. and in the second film, they started to introduce a few more Guardians characters, like Sylvester Stallone's character. Sure, yeah. So I'm wondering if Guardians Three is may have quite a different lineup. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I will say that one of my predictions has been that um, Captain America. Um, will die at some point. And I think that uh, what happens in the comics at one point is that Sam Wilson, um, uh, Falcon takes up the shield as Captain America. I could definitely see that being a really cool thing um, for Marvel to do. I could see um, they keep referring to winter soldier as, as uh, white White wolf. Oh, sorry. White wolf. Um, Yeah. Yeah. White wolf. And that's, that's a character in the comics, not played by winter, you know, isn't winter soldier, but that'd be a cool way to introduce him. Yeah, um, I think also the next Avengers is going to have a lot, a lot more interaction between Captain America and Iron Man. I think, I think it was really interesting how they were kept apart this film, and I think they're really going to be the leading force in the next, the next Avengers. So I think Tony Stark had a lot to do. Cap was maybe a bit underserved, and he wasn't at risk as much as I expected to be in this film. Do we think? Do we think any of those original crew make it out on the other side of Avengers Four? Maybe Thor. I think Thor. I think Thor because I can see them continuing to make make films with him in it. Yeah, I think Cap and Tony are in trouble. You know, I I agree with you. Although, you know, I almost I can almost see Tony uh, making cameo appearances still in yeah. future Avengers movies. So. I don't know. I think Cap's the big Cap is Cap's gone. He's the first. He's the first Avenger, isn't he? He yeah. was the original leader of the Avengers. Right. He's the one that's going to make the big sacrifice. I agree. I agree. So tough stuff. It's going to be tough crazy. stuff. And I think leading on from that, uh, I think we need to discuss. There's obviously there's two films coming out before we reach the next Avengers, and one of them is Ant Man and the Wasp, and Ant Man who was noticeably absent in the film. Apart from one throwaway line. What was the line? I feel like I didn't hear it. It was when uh, they go back to the Avengers complex and uh, Black Widow says uh, Clint and Scott couldn't risk it for their families. They're on house arrest or something. They made a deal to be on house arrest. And it's that one throwaway line. Okay. I feel like I feel like I wasn't super happy with that. I, I feel like that's a... I, I feel like they'll make it serve the storyline in some way, but... I mean, can't we just get, can we just get them all together? Like, what's the deal? I think, I think they're going to play big parts in the next Avengers film. I think Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think if rumors are right, it's going to be set between Civil War and Infinity War. Okay. So I think it's going to play into Infinity War, uh, the net, into the second part of Infinity War and have something to do with the quantum realm. Okay. And I think Hawkeye's definitely going to turn up uh, maybe in Captain Marvel then as well, which is the other film. Which well, um, before the next Avengers film, and I, we, I think we all know Captain Marvel is going to have a huge part to play yes, in the next Avengers. I did read though that Captain Marvel, the standalone, um, will include characters we've seen from other MCU movies, including Nick yeah. Fury um, and Ronan the Accuser, which was in one of the yeah. Guardians. But 
uh, I did hear also that it's supposed to be set years and years and years before all of this. I think, yeah, so I think it's meant to be before set, Iron Man 1. Yeah, it's meant to be set in the 90s, isn't it? So sure. we've got probably Nick Fury. I think he's probably going to have both eyes. Coulson, Ronan the Accused. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that might play into one of the lines from Infinity War. Because when, when Thanos talks about when he gave up his destiny before, oh, uh, when, just before he gives, he said he's nearly turned away from his destiny once before. And obviously this is a spoiler, but uh, right at the end of the credits, the credit sequence ends with um, Samuel Jackson calling for Captain Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel for help. Mm-hmm. So he's gone through all these things and obviously he thinks so this is this big. It is Captain Marvel. Has she faced Thanos before? Has she, does she know something about Thanos that he thinks can help? Yeah. And also, do we think we see? Do we know? Do you know, Lyndon, who Adam Warlock is? By the way, this is getting like deep, geeky comic book geeky. Uh, 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 kind of. Okay. I so, know he's kind of teased at the end of Guardians Two, wasn't he? It's definitely teased at the end. Of, it directly teased at the end of Guardians Two. Um, but basically, he's ends up being one of the more powerful beings this is wow we're real we're real uh geek here. this is a proper uh, deep dive now deep, deep dive but i think he is going to definitely be in avengers 4 um so he is his storylines always mirrored and connected to thanos and so uh in fact they even team up at some point in the comics but if, that aside i i do anticipate him being a part of uh part of the solution in in the fourth one yeah I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. And how good was that post? Uh, I, I like how they didn't have a mid-credit scene. It was, it was sure. a really somber feel at, and at the end of the film. And then they have all the actors' name and good work, Chris Pratt. He gets the big and so all the actors and it's and Chris Pratt. So good work <laughs> for him. His agent did well there. Yeah. But then it just says Avengers: Infinity War, and that kind of drifts away into dust, like all the characters as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was tough. And yeah. then. Um, the the post credit scene is is good fun. Samuel L. Jackson almost getting to almost getting to swear. The classic Sam Jackson line. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yep, it was great. It was all around great. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that there's one more to come at least here with the with all of them. I think it's a year away, um, and you know, in that we'll probably see the ending of some of their the main character storylines, uh, but we'll be introduced to or you know bring some new characters into the fold as well. And we'll see where Marvel continues on. They're definitely primed for continued success, even beyond infinity war, which yes. I think is incredible. E- An easy question. Do we think this is going to end up being the most successful film of all time? I mean, it, it's, it's already fast tracked that way, right? Yeah. I mean, it did it in the opening weekend in the U S it made more money than justice league did in its entire run. Justice League should have they, Justice League should have paid people to come and see it. <laughs> yeah, but like, you just it just shows you how how well the MCU is doing, how they've built up almost B list of characters, and they've built up such a fan base. And I, yeah, I think this will end up being the most successful film of all time. Yeah. Uh, and the you think the the directors worked a bit on community and a bit of other stuff before they did winter soldier civil war and now this and the way they've brought so many different strands together and the way they make a completely cohesive whole and it's not a short film either but it doesn't feel like a long film i like i couldn't move the whole film it was and it flew by mm-hmm. i think what they've achieved here is very impressive yep i can't wait to see it again and there's going to be a whole oh, exactly. year of 
of theorizing and speculating and we'll get rumors and we'll see stuff in Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel that will make us think one thing or the other all to lead to what should be another fantastic movie event next summer. Yeah. Uh, to end, shall we just say our favorite moment of the film? Sure. Let's do that. Let's end with our favorite you, moment. You go first. All right. Favorite moment. Uh, wait, I got to think about this. Give me a second. Um, there, are, there are so many though. They, I just thought of another funny line, which I loved when uh, Thor sees cap and he says, uh, Oh, nice haircut. And he's like, I see you've copied my beard. <laughs> Is that your answer? <laughs> yeah, let's go for that. Okay. I did enjoy that. And um, well, my favorite moment is the battle of Wakanda is everything about it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but also oh, there's so many, it's difficult. The, obviously the, the emotional peaks of Gamora's death and Spider-Man's death. And um, just when captain, it's a simple moment, but when, cause I'm a big fan of captain America, when he arrives at the train station, that moment when he's just a shadow at first and then, Falcon arrives and Black Widow comes in. It's a really big oomph moment where the Avengers theme tune really kicks in. Yeah, that was great. I don't know. I kind of like the line, get that man a shield. Yeah, it's a great line. I think yeah. that might be my favorite moment. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's great. It's great. And, you know, if future Rodney, if you're, I have a feeling future Rodney turned this episode off, though. I don't think he's, a, <laughs> but if you're listening, I don't want to Is future Rodney going to watch you, this film? There's a chance, I, but I don't want to hear you talk about how geeky this whole thing is. Like it's the, it's going to be the most, uh, it's going to be the most successful film in the history of movies. You, you, it's, it's more than just geeks. It's everyone who's come out to see this movie. Even Lyndon's friend who had not seen the other ones had a blast with it. So Rodney, exactly. you know, take your argument and I, I would Thanos snap it away right now. It's just, <laughs> it's just not playing here. So well, or if there's, you said a third can't, so between me, you, and Rodney, Rodney must be the one that can't click his fingers. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, man, I, I like the, I like the idea that, uh, that he was too excited, uh, about, about Infinity War to be able to join us. So he, yeah, he, uh, he hasn't been able to talk. <laughs> well, he, he's actually next to us right now, but he's just yeah. too, too excited oh, to talk. Right. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, um, I feel like, you know, we could talk about this more, but it's, uh, it's a long episode as it is. We had our, uh, our, our predictions, which really outside of Loki dying fell flat. We didn't have, we weren't very yeah, close to the, to I don't know. I, I called Nebula. I, I went for the wrong Thanos daughter. True. I think it was along the right lines. That's you were off. We were off the mark with Pepper Potts, weren't we? Mm. She had her one scene. I still think she dies. <laughs> And I think they've saved the big deaths, really. The big permanent deaths for the next chapter. Yeah. But yeah, we didn't predict. Well, neither of us predicted he'd actually click his fingers this film. No. No. It's true. That was huge. That's true. Well, uh, they did it. They definitely did it. And I look forward to seeing what's next. And uh, you can obviously find us on Twitter, at Down the Hall, guys. You can find us on Facebook. You can join our discussions. Uh, Typically, each week, we, we don't take on... Uh, topics like this uh, for the most part but we had to this was a, a movie event um, you know one of the biggest ones of the last few years and Linda and I are just are, are two geeks who love to talk about it so uh, we hope that you join us next week as we look to take back movie night with a movie recommendation and we want to hear from you go to our website uh, downthehallpodcast.com and scroll down on this particular uh, post and tell us what your favorite moments of Infinity War were. what's your theory about how they're going to handle the deaths you know who do you think will survive Um, the fourth movie so we want to hear from all of you and uh, we look forward to that and otherwise you can catch us next week 
I am Steve Rogers. I am Groot. 